Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The Athletic. Brent, you giddy? Well, I'm giddy. It's Tony Evans here with Walk On, your Liverpool podcast brought to you by The Athletic. The Reds ran riot as Gakpo and and proved Klopp's front three evolutions complete. We'll get stuck into the 7-0 rout of United here alongside James Pearce, Kiefer O'Neill and Andy Jones. As ever, we start with three words. Make sure it's three and not seven. Kiva, you've got to have three. You've got to have three. They've got to be really... They're just going to pour out, aren't they? I finally have three words. Like, they're going to roll off the tongue, but they're almost not good for a podcast because they are... I am speechless. <laughs> Brilliant, Andy. We want ace because I never thought I'd, oh, I'd watch uh, Liverpool United. <laughs> Unlucky. <laughs> Never thought that would be sung at Anfield. Never thought that. Uh, James, that must have been brilliant. <laughs> yeah, I'll, seeing as Andy's nicked my three words, I think I'll go for off its head. Um, yeah, you know, you, you kind of think you've seen the lot and then you witness a game like that, which, yeah, I think there was just, you know, as well as ecstasy, there was almost a degree of bewilderment around me in that ground as, you know, it was, you know, we want six. Oh, there is six. We want seven. Well, there is seven. But well, why can't we have eight then? It was, um, it was just, yeah, absolutely, you know, di- difficult to make sense of, especially when, you know, Liverpool go in one nil at half time, you know, brilliant goal from Gagpo, I thought was sensational uh, today. And, and you, you think, right, you know, with the way that these two teams have been, United the resurgent force, you know, Liverpool are probably going to have to dig pretty deep in this second half. And they just absolutely blew them away, didn't they? And I, and I think there'll be a, a big focus probably widely in terms of the capitulation side of it from United. But, you know, what was beautiful to watch as a Liverpool fan was just Klopp's Liverpool going for the jugular like that. It just kept going and going and in, inflicting more and more humiliation on their arch rivals. Yeah, well, I'm going to say, take that, United. Because, you know, I would love to say things like that. Let's hear what you're saying on our Walk On Podcast Facebook group. Tom Hales, are we back? And he's got a question mark on it. Are we back? Are we back? (laughs) Craig Anderson, truly magnificent seven. I'll take that. Pete Jones, our intensity's back. And Phil Kane, new front three. Well, I think that's where we should start, shouldn't we? When they broke, it was a thing of beauty. They've shown little glimpses of that, but like you've never seen it so fluid, never quite so fluid. Uh, Kiva, what did you make of it? Oh, just I'm stunned to be honest. I don't even know how we're recording this and that we've got words to say because I'm just I'm baffled by it. I've watched the highlights just before we're recording this, and I'm still like, what did we just see? Like, what do we do now with our night? Like, how do we like what? What else do we do? But 
you know, talk about it, scroll Twitter and yeah, look at all the new memes that have been created. And it, it all started, didn't it, with that Cody Gakpo goal, which you've been waiting for from him because we've all watched all of the highlights of him at PSV where he cut in off the left, you know, make that run and then obviously cut in on his right and whip that finish into the far corner. And you've just almost been waiting for him. He got that goal against Everton, which felt massive. I think he's the first player since Daniel Sturridge to score against Everton and Man United in a season. You know, that's unprecedented. This is a player who has the potential to be a big game player because he's proven it. He's been at the club for a matter of months, a couple of months, and he had a bit of a slow start, but he just looks like he's adjusted so well. And I thought that goal set the tone for the game because it was Andy Robertson's pass as well, which was just probably... Uh, that was a thing of beauty, wasn't it? Yeah, lovely. Could you call that the best pass of the night? Because it, there were so many good passes. Salah had an amazing one. That set the tone because the first half was a bit weird, wasn't it? Where like Liverpool were like kind of in charge, but United sort of crept back in a little bit. Liverpool looking maybe defensively a little bit meh at times, I guess. But then... That goal just changes everything, and obviously, how quickly get the second in the first in the second half. Nunes just—I mean, we could talk all day about him. I'm sure you've got plenty. Well, do, yeah, we're about to talk about him, but there was a bit of rope it up, wasn't it, in the first half? I—I I thought, like, I thought we we played quite well in the first half. You know, you look at Casemiro, he never got a touch, he never got a touch. But, you know, still, we haven't finished with the front three yeah, Andy. We haven't finished with Darwin. I thought he looked a bit off it in the first 20 minutes, you know, and through the first half, he wasn't at his best. And then suddenly in the second half, you know, it's there he was. To be honest, I thought he might have been carrying a bit of a knock or something that he, that he picked up because he just... We know him as this mobile, runs everywhere, runs after everything, chases everything down, does everything with intensity. And I just thought that was missing from his game. And I don't know whether he ran himself into the ground really, really early and was just trying to spend the rest of the half recovering. But it just didn't it didn't look like the, the newness that we'd um, you know we've come to know and love. But what he did keep doing is every time the ball did come in and around him, he was alive every single time. And even though his, you know, his off-the-ball work at times wasn't the standard he sort of set himself, you could sort of see that he was still keeping himself in the game. He was still alert, he was still alive to, to what was happening around him. And then, yeah, the second half comes around and that sort of, any idea that he, he was struggling for a knock goes out the window. And, you know, he looked back to back to his best. Um, and, you know, he was in and around the, the box all, all the time and looking to, to create, looking to to get on the end of things and that was the thing as well I think you know his two goals are proper striker goals as well aren't they just you know making sure he's in the right position getting into the right areas even off the left that header for his second goal is unbelievably good like it's so good the, the way he places it the way he gets just gets his body in that position it's just a bit it's just mad isn't it? it's just a bit of him really isn't it? I love that he scored two headers that's what you want for him in a game where Liverpool went 7-0 and Darwin Nunes scores two headers I mean that, well, he yeah. was, he's been known for that, wasn't he? At Benfica, he was known for his head and ability, and we've just not really seen that. And I sort of think with him playing on the left, you've got a chance with you know getting on the end of 10 crosses. It's sort of a one of the characteristics he, he's got that we've not quite seen yet. Um, so to see that, and it's another type of goal that he adds to his arsenal, isn't it? To, to get those types of headers, and if you know, if he, if he finds every 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 different way to score, then he'll score plenty. A word I kept sort of coming up with when I was watching the highlights back was perseverance for loads of different players like Fabinho. Um, he was his perseverance, I think, when Elliot gets the ball to Salah for his and then Liverpool score, I think, for that second goal. But Nunes's perseverance for uh, to get the ball to Salah for obviously his 
128th Premier League goal, I thought was like, that's what you want from him. That's him at his best. It's like, you know, he scored a couple of headers in the game, but probably his most important moment was that perseverance of just chasing through. I think he passed to Elias and it didn't quite go through. It got blocked and then he tried again. He was there quick enough. And I think the whole team were much more switched on in midfield in that way, but it just felt like everyone had that perseverance. They wanted to, you know, keep going and moving forward where in recent weeks and months, I guess we've seen performances where Liverpool sort of just were doing what United did there and gave up, but they didn't do that tonight. They kept going. We'll talk about Salah in a minute. But before, you know, we talked about the new boys, but let's talk about the old boy. Let's talk about the, the man who's leaving us, Bobby F. Roberto Firmino, who comes and he scores. Not only he scores, he nutmegs to you here. You know, I've got to love that. James, you know, coming on and scoring. We'd said on the, the pod last week that wouldn't it be brilliant if he come on and scored a late winner against United? And even better, he comes on the scores a late seventh against United. <laughs> I thought it was telling, wasn't it? You, the the outpouring of emotion from all of his teammates when that when that ball hit the net, and you you saw to a man they all raced to share that moment with him, which I think says an awful lot about how he's regarded in the dressing room and what he means to so many people. And um, yeah, not a bad way was it to start the long goodbye in in terms of the, the end of his Liverpool career. At the back end of May, hopefully it's not the last time that we see him celebrate a goal. But it was, yeah, that was, I mean, yeah, probably the epitome of icing on the cake was that Firmino goal. On a day, really, when I think we kind of probably saw why he's looked at it and taken time as he should do to weigh up his options and decided, yeah, this is probably the right time to bring the curtain down on what's been an unbelievable eight years for him at Anfield because he must look around him see the talent of people like Gakpo and, and Nunes and, of course, Diaz to come back in the next couple of weeks. And Jota, you know, we saw, you know, in, in midweek against Wolves what what he can he can do. And you think, you know, Liverpool's front line is evolving and this, you know, there is a bit of a changing of the guard and the baton's being passed on. And that was a real special moment, I thought, to see him come on and, and play his part and and I'm sure, yeah, he'll still have an important role to play between now and the end of the season. But probably in that in that role as an impact sub, because Liverpool are moving on and are moving up. And it was that was the biggest refreshing thing seeing Liverpool click like that as an attacking force. Because you know, there's been there's been little flashes of brilliance this season. I thought it was interesting actually, even post Real Madrid, the first leg when Klopp kind of said, didn't he? He said like, you know, I'm not that down because I saw things tonight. That I haven't seen for an awful long time, which was that, you know, it's starting to click as an attacking force. And, you know, the word has been that, you know, as players have come back from injuries, had, you know, many, you know, more people to work with on the training pitch, training has been sharper. And that kind of all led to, to that exhibition in the second half tonight. Tonight felt like, uh, to me, it felt like the arrival of the new front three almost of Gakpo, Nunes and Salah. And Salah was sort of just showing them the way, like, this is where, this is what we do. Welcome. You know, he's sort of evolving now with them. And then I was like, hang on a minute, Liverpool have got Diogo Jota, Luis Diaz. Like, it can't be the new front free, can it? Can it be a new, I guess it'll evolve into something else because you just feel like, you know, that quality that they've got, you know, in Jota and Diaz to come back as well. It makes you think, like, how can this be the new front three when they've already got so many great players but it just did feel like a special night for those three felt like they clicked felt like Gakpo felt like this was his moment his night and his 
I mean, we haven't even mentioned his finish. We spoke about him before, but the, I mean, was that the best finish of the night? His second goal? Because that was ridiculous. And Gakpo! Oh, they're carving Manchester United apart here. The team in red. Putting red faces on the visitors. Sensational spell on the side of half-time. Oh, it's got to be right up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was just a mark of a man with great confidence wouldn't it at the minute you know I don't think that's, I don't think he scores that goal probably two or three weeks ago you could see he was in he was enjoying himself out there and you know it was almost Firmino-esque I thought Gagpo's performance with the way that he he dropped off you know and gave Liverpool an extra man in midfield at times there was so much talk when they're before the game about you know Casemiro being this unbelievable driving force in United's resurgence and you know he was he had virtually no impact whatsoever on that game and I think I think Gagpo was important to that out of possession, and then on the ball showed his his quality. And I, and I think also when you see like when you see Liverpool perform like that as an attacking unit, it does make a mockery of. I keep on reading and seeing stuff about this complete and utter rebuild that's required, and you know the the huge clear out that's impending, and and it was like as we've kept saying the last few weeks, like yes, there's some major surgery required this summer, and tonight changes nothing in terms of the importance of this summer. But what tonight was, was a reminder that there's actually a hell of a lot of quality still there and a hell of a lot of players with a with a lot still to offer. They just need a bit more help in terms of refreshing it going forward, in particular in midfield. But yeah, when you look at that front line, you know, the idea that like, you know, rip it all up and start again is, is just a nonsense. No, yeah, I agree completely. And I mean, six second half goals, I mean, that's wonderful. I'll tell you what, in Madrid, in the Bernabeu, they must be sitting there going, oh, hang on. Six would be good there, wouldn't it? Six would be brilliant there. But, you know, biggest win over Manchester United, you know, 7-1, they beat them in in 1895. I think it was there for that one. I can't remember. Um, <laughs> they weren't but, even um, called Man United then, were they? No, they were Newton Heath, weren't they? You know, it's, this um, is why you've got to drink this in, because, you know, tonight is history. Tonight is Liverpool history, because that might never happen again. I know last season at Old Trafford and the win at Anfield, they felt special moments. This is even bigger than that. This is Liverpool's best ever performance against Man United. Well, you know, I keep saying this, and I keep saying this to young people, and because obviously I've been around a long time, and I've seen a lot of amazing things that Liverpool have done. But over the Klopp age, and especially the last couple of years, I, I used to like sit there and go, ah, you'll never see what I, I've seen. And you know what? You're seeing better. It's getting better and better. This is unbelievable. Drink it in. Relish it. Andy, you were there in the stands with the rest of the fans. What was it like? Oh, it was just, it was electric. It was, yeah, it was that sense of everyone just having a big laugh at the United expense, but also... You know, those atmospheres that Anfield can create where, you know, it's just everyone together. No one's sitting down. Everyone's in unison, singing, going through all the chants. Yeah, it was just one of them special ones that you won't forget. Um, not just because of what Liverpool did on the pitch, but because I was fortunate enough to be there and celebrate every single one of them goals. And it felt like Liverpool were back in a sense. This was the type of thing that we've been sort of waiting for. And we've had a couple of of games which have, you know, this season, you, you you think back to the City 1-0, but this was different, different to that. And just, yeah, just unbelievable and one one you won't, won't ever forget. You know what? Drink it all in, relish it. It's superb. And you're listening to Walk On, brought to you by The Athletic, and this is superb as well. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. A brace for Salah, who dispatches with vigour. Tony Evans here with James Pearce, Keever O'Neill and Andy Jones with Walk On from The Athletic on a remarkable, a, a remarkable time when a rampant Liverpool destroyed Manchester United. Yes, Manchester United, 7-0. Yeah, count them. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. Oh, and of course... We need to talk more about Mo Salah. And, you know, you were talking about the best finish of the night. I thought the goal where he lashed it off the underside of the bar, that's everything I want to see, into the cop, a thing of beauty. James, what can you say about him? 129 league goals, surpassing Robbie Fowler. It's just a phenomenon. He is, yeah. Especially when you think he, he's got that that record. I think, was it 61 games? Quicker than than Fowler, which is extraordinary, really. When you when you think back of of the impact that Robbie Fowler made, um, yeah, one hundred twenty nine Premier League goals in two hundred and five games, and what's that? Twenty two now in all comps this season. Some of the criticism he's had this season has been has been way way overboard in terms of. I think at times in his Liverpool career, he set almost impossible to match high standards that, and he gets measured at a level which I think probably isn't isn't too fair yet when you look at you know the consistency what is it i think we said on last week's pod you know to get past the 20 20 goal milestone in six successive seasons um only Ian rush has ever done that for liverpool and yeah he suffered at times this season when the team has suffered but yeah he's still by far and away their most potent attacking weapon and has still got a vast amount still to offer and yeah, there's something. I think there's something about the sight of those Man United shirts that bring out the best in him because his his record against them is absolutely outrageous. And you know, he is. You know, some players shrug off individual records, don't they, and say they don't really mean much to them, and it's just all about the team. But I don't. I don't think that's Mo Salah. We know that it drives him on. You know, he wants to place himself as high as possible in that pantheon of of Liverpool legends, and you know, he he keeps on climbing up that list, doesn't he? I think. You, know, you you look at it in terms of what well, he's only five behind Fowler now in in all comps. He's only eight behind Steven Gerrard. He'll certainly be thinking to himself, right? I fancy getting in inside that top five in Liverpool's all time goal scorers in all comps before the end of the season. And then and then he'll have Billy Little and and Gordon Hodgson in his sights beyond that. So um, yeah, uh, an absolute icon of the club who you know who, who led the way tonight. I think the best thing about it is that nobody expected him to do that tonight, to break the record tonight. We were kind of, on the last podcast, like, you know, you'd hope that he would, but nobody probably expected him to, in a way. You know, seeing Robbie Fowler post a picture, he was there sort of watching on as Salah did that, and I thought, 
maybe not a lot of us thought Salah, maybe silly, silly of us to think that, but he definitely went into that game thinking, I can do this, I can break the record tonight. And also, it's like, I mean, he breaks that many records, you can't lose track of it. And the stats from tonight anyway are just crazy. There's some mad ones, obviously. He's, you know, I think that's his 12th goal against United now. He's obviously got the most of any player in the fixture. It's his sixth consecutive game where he scored against United. But I think the best stat to come out of it was that he's now picked up more yellow cards for taking his top off in celebration than United have scored at Anfield since 2016. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. Well, you know, we've raved about the front line, though. Let's talk about Trent, who we were worried about last week. Let's be honest about it. You know, Rashford running in behind him, and he's had a few bad experiences with him over the years. But today, I thought he was brilliant. Um, I thought, obviously, Robertson have talked about his ball for the... Um, for the opening goal and the back four, you know, were great. But the main thing is they were as creative as they are when they've been at the best. Um, what was your view from the stands, Andy? Or oh, were you too busy? Yeah, you know, Rangan Manchester United players <laughs> and howling at the moon. Well, I, I did take quite a lot of joy in watching Bruno Fernandes and just sort of laughing at him in the second half and his sort of antics. But what we know, Liverpool, when Liverpool's defence are at their best, it's almost when they are the you know the focal point of Liverpool's attack, and that's what we saw. I think I was a bit surprised that Ten Hag decided to play Rashford sort of down the middle and Fernandez wide, which I think helped Liverpool um, because they didn't sort of have that threat in behind or the constant threat and threat of pace. Um, but yeah, I think Ten was. I, I mean, it's it's five clean sheets on on the bounce in the league now, isn't it? Which speaks volumes for for how Liverpool have looked to, to, to sort out the defensive problems. And I mean, United still created chances, but I think Liverpool limited them still. Um, and, and it was only when it was getting a bit silly when they started, you know, making a few inroads. But I think that's when Liverpool had turned into a bit of party mode, but also let's try and just score as many as possible. But I think I think you're right. It, when, when Liverpool's full-backs are, are on it and able to, to get forward and, and get into those, you know, creative positions, but also dictate play, and control the tempo of games. It tells you that Liverpool are doing a lot of, of the right things, but also that the midfield's right, and they're also providing the, the right amount of protection. But the front and the front players are, you know, pressing and starting the press, and Liverpool are there for a unit. And you know, we we talked. I mean, we talked about Canate last week as well, didn't he? And how you know he came back in after for the Wolves game and looked really good. And again, I thought he was excellent. And I think you look at that Liverpool back line now, and it looks settled, and it looks like it's you know they've got. The right unit, the, the unit they want, and the unit they've been trying to get fit and all get into form, and they've finally got that now. And you just hope that they can, they can continue, you know, clocking up these clean sheets and also not just keeping goals out, uh, but also being able to dictate and influence going forward because that's what Liverpool's defence has been known as, you know, under Klopp for for so many years. I know, it, no, it's kind of feels strange, doesn't it, to highlight the centre backs on a night when when Liverpool have just scored seven against United, but. When you look at reasons why there has been this transformation since, you know, it was a month ago since that debacle at Molyneux, when I think most Liverpool fans just wanted the season, you'd have probably just signed there and then to just, just call it, call off the rest of the games and we'll just, we'll, we'll see you again in August. And, you know, how can you go from there to getting, you know, stuffed by Wolves to, to putting seven past United and having 13 points out of 15 and five successive Premier League clean sheets and that, that solidity of having Van Dijk and Canate back together, you, you can't underestimate the importance of that. You know, I think what was today probably the sixth game they've played together, I think, in all comps, 
all season, which is crazy for Klopp's first choice partnership. And I think, you know, and, and again, someone who probably won't get the headlines, Fabino, who... Well, yeah, I was going to say to you, where, where's the midfield crisis? I don't see a midfield crisis. <laughs> Not today. Oh, actually, I did. I did. I saw Manchester United's midfield crisis. <laughs> well, do you know what? I think for a start, let's give Fabino some praise because he has attracted a lot of stick. And, and I think more people, not so much kind of just properly feeling sorry for him more than anything else in terms of how do you go from such a level and such a drop-off. And I think you know, it looks like it's probably baffled him, certainly baffled Klopp and his staff. Yet, you know, Klopp said himself the other day, you know, it's just, a, just, it's just time. You know, he, like sometimes these, these slumps happen and you have to work through them. That was much more like his normal self. I mean, you know, not many people would have backed him to come out on top in that battle with Casemiro. But, you know, he, he looked far and away the more accomplished of the two in terms of the job he did for his for his team. I thought, again, Jordan Henderson, again, who's been a, a lightning rod for criticism this season. Yeah, he was excellent, wasn't he? Yeah, more than justified his inclusion. I think his wealth of experience out there was 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 really important. And then the other one was, you know, certainly when I tweeted the team out an hour before the game, you know, there was a lot of people howling at the inclusion of Harvey Elliott. And, you know, where's Basetic? You know, why would you, you know, Harvey Elliott can't be trusted with a game this big and, People throwing all kinds of stats at me, and and I, I thought that was up there with Harvey Elliott's best performances for the the club as well. And he he's so brave on the ball, Elliott. I love the fact that he just even even when things not don't ever go completely his way, he always keeps coming back for more. You know, let's not go overboard. It doesn't mean that anything's changed regarding the summer in terms of bolstering that department of the squad. But I think it's also a timely reminder that it's. It's not like Liverpool are starting again in that area. And if Fabino is, if this is the start of a renewed resurgence for him, then that's going to be huge for Liverpool because you know, you know, he's only what is he, twenty nine years of age. Getting him back to his best is is going to be like pivotal in terms of getting back to competing for the big prizes again next season. And I think because holding midfielders as well do sort of mature like a fine wine a lot of the time. So yeah. you know, he's still got potentially some peak seasons ahead of him. So to get him back up to that, and I think, you know, I, I keep thinking about that that picture of him. Well, it was obviously like a clip of at Brighton when he should have probably got sent off, I think, was it against Brighton and the FA yeah. Cup. And, you know, that picture where he's got his hand up and just sort of like, oh my God, it, it, it was more than just... That was, you know, that was really mistimed challenge. It felt like him saying, I'm having a really tough time here. And he's waded through that, got through it. Obviously, like James mentions there, with help of players like Bay Chetich, who was obviously around him in games. Other players, Elias, thought outstanding tonight, but Henderson as well. They've helped him sort of navigate through that. And I think having the trust to continue to play him, I know he, he hasn't played every game, but that's been really integral to Liverpool and I just think you know when he ticks Liverpool tick because you know winning the league and all those different things you need that player there to just mop up and at his best you know they call him the lighthouse don't they because that's what he does he can just see everything before it happens and I feel like tonight there were moments when he, he didn't quite get it right but then there were people there to cover for him and that's really important as well. Yeah, and there's, there's sometimes when you've just got to play through a different form where you don't lose your ability. You might lose a bit of pace. Pace wasn't his game. And you might lose confidence, but you don't lose the class. And I think what I'm hoping is that that will be in his mind for the rest of the season. He can do it. Not only can he do it, he can do it against Manchester United. I, I, to be honest, I thought they dominated 
the midfield area. They never let United get on the ball. They never let them pass the ball forwards. And that neutralised the counter-attack that United have thrived on. So I thought it was exceptional. And yeah, let's have more of it. And, you know, we we will no longer use the F words when we refer to Fabinho. He's, um, you know, he he's back being, well, spell out his name because he was great. One thing I was going to ask you, James, is um, when Salah come to, through the uh, mix zone, did you say to him two goals, or a goal closer to stop him for us? A goal closer <laughs> to speaking. Do you know what? He never came through. He never came through. I think he was... I think he was too busy celebrating that um, Premier League goals record of his. So, no, didn't get the chance to to get politely snubbed tonight. Did speak to Virgil van Dijk and, and Harvey Elliott afterwards. And, and I think what was probably most kind of what struck me was how level-headed and calm they were. I think sometimes you're like, I just assume they'd be absolutely buoyant. But I think there was almost a, you know, a dose of kind of realism in terms of this is just a step along the road to where we need to be. And yeah, of course, you can't play down dismantling your arch rivals and, and winning the fixture by a bigger margin than it's ever been won before, bearing in mind they've been going at each other since 1895. But the fact that there's no trophy to show for it, there's no, it doesn't, it doesn't guarantee top four. It doesn't... Yeah, well, the, it, the, it bit, was, you know, the business I think, is only just beginning, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, and, you know, I think Van Dyke said himself, you know, he said, well, you know, you know, what, this won't count for anything if we don't go and, you know, re- reproduce something close to this level at Bournemouth next weekend. Because, you know, what Liverpool have given themselves in the last month is a chance that we probably didn't think was still there, to be brutally honest, after after what happened against Wolves and, you know, what happened previously. It wasn't just a one-off, was it, Molyneux? It was, we'd seen the same flaws at Brentford and at Brighton before and, so yeah, this 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 run, especially with the other results. Well, well yeah, I it's think- nice that Newcastle and Tottenham give us open hands, wasn't it? You know, brilliant. Yeah, yeah. What what a weekend for Liverpool with um, Tottenham getting beat and Newcastle as well. And I think I think you know I know Newcastle still got a game in hand. I think on Liverpool, haven't they? But you know, I, I, they will fall away. I just don't. They just don't have any goals. Even the people new- in, inside St James's Park think they're going to drop off towards the end of the season. They think the three players short of having a squad to compete for the Champions League slots. So I think we can feel a bit optimistic there as well. And, you know, Bournemouth, well, you know, Bournemouth play well at times. You know, we've seen them play well, but they don't score a lot of goals. And they had a, you know, a bit of a heartbreaker this weekend. But you've got to say, going to Bournemouth, that's where you've got to, you've got to go and win, haven't you? If you're going to get in the top four, Andy. Yeah, well, uh, keep your eye on the kickoff is uh, is the first piece of advice I'd say to to Liverpool because um, of what they went and did to Arsenal. But yeah, Bournemouth are a bit of um, you know one of them teams, aren't they? Where you it sort of depends what week you, you turn up and you don't quite know what you're going to get because you know they were dismantled by City. I think it was four 0 in the end, wasn't it? Um, fairly recently, and then they put in that type of of display against against Arsenal and. You know, probably would have felt that they deserve something from the game, given the way it sort of goes in that last minute. So it's not going to be easy. They're going to want to. You, you'd imagine they're going to want to, you know, come out and, and get and get those three points back against, you know, whoever it might be, uh, which turns out to be Liverpool, um, to sort of, you know, try and pick themselves given, up. Given that we've scored nine against them already this season, they're going to be saying, "Well, yeah, Hang on, they've scored seven against the Manx. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? So, I mean, yeah. you in there, go into the international break and it'll be brilliant. And after that, Man City away, 7-0. Chelsea away, nine against them. Arsenal at home. Oh, Arsenal at home, yeah. If they play like that, 
10, 12. Not these predictions again. <laughs> this is Walk On, brought to you by The Athletic. We're sponsored for this episode of Walk On by LinkedIn, so it's only right that we crowbar in a reference to Liverpool's super slick recruitment process while we talk them up. Because when you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. And that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like Arnie Slot, probably. In any given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. In fact, on LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. So hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash walk. That's L-I-N-K-E-D-I-N dot com slash walk to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. This is Walk On, brought to you by The Athletic. Me, Tony Evans, James Pierce, Kiefer O'Neill and Andy Jones. I know we've spoken a little bit about Firmino, but let's just praise him a little bit more because he's gone. And my, my view on players who leave Liverpool, uh, don't let the door at your backside on the way out. Unless, of course, they've served a long term and they've been superb for us, which, of course, Firmino has, or they've, uh, they, you know, they, they haven't been given a fair crack of the whip. He's one of those players that will look back. I don't think, actually, while he's been there, as great as we think he he was, I don't think we really f- will fully appreciate him until seven or eight years on. What do you think, Kiva? I'm going to miss him like crazy. You know, I just think he is such a special player because not only how selfless he is and how he's, you know, played in that false nine role and maybe even, you know, Klopp said they'll write books on sort of what what Firmino's done with that for Liverpool. But I just think because of the joy, you know, the smile, the celebrations, the no-look passes, the name what you will, like he's just so much fun to watch. He's been fun and importantly, like I said, selfless because he allowed Sadio Mane and Mohamed Salah to score more goals because of his work. And he's sort of continuing to do that. Even this season, you look and maybe he could have left in the summer, but he didn't. He stayed around. And when Liverpool needed goals early on, he was the man to go to. And, you know, there's parts in the season where you do need players to sort of just pick up. And I felt like at the start of the season, he started and sort of any questions over whether Liverpool maybe should have moved on were quickly sort of washed away, weren't they, with that? I think now it's nice that we've got time to sort of just to watch him and enjoy him. And what a perfect goal to just end tonight and and the chaos and the madness and you know Liverpool was so punishing eight shots on target seven goals and Firmino grabs the seventh and just deserve that moment in front of the cop you know you see Curtis Jones jump on his on his shoulders and sort of just you know the bedlam was was there to see wasn't it it was crazy and Firmino has been part of that he's been a massive instigator in giving us nights like tonight and Jurgen Klopp must just feel so grateful that he inherited this star of a player. And, you know, I think there's going to be more goals from him because if they're going to 
get into the top four, which we think they are after this, and we well, at least hope we are, he's going to have to contribute as well because, you know, we've talked about the multitude of riches Klopp has got up front. But Firmino is just the sort of man who will come on. He does things a bit different. He offers you he offers you something a bit unusual. People find it hard to pick him up. And we're going to need him in this hunt for the top four, aren't we, James? Yeah, he's still certainly, I think, probably... Probably going to be more as an impact sub than than starting games. I think if everyone else stays fit, but yeah, he showed again tonight what a high caliber option he has. And you know, it, it did. I, my mind wandered back to I think it must have been his first game for Liverpool against Man United when he was stuck out at wing back by Brendan Rodgers at Old Trafford in a pretty dismal defeat, and and he looked he looked absolutely lost, didn't he, in those opening months as a as a Liverpool player? And you know, of course, there was all those whispers at the time that oh, you know. What have Liverpool done inflicting, you know, Firmino on this squad? You know, he was, you know, Benteke was the Rodgers pick and Firmino was the transfer committee pick. And it was a bit of a fudge that summer in terms of, well, you know, we want you to have Firmino. If you embrace having Firmino, then we'll give you what you want in Benteke. And yeah, I don't think anyone could could have quite foreseen then that he would become this catalyst for pretty much every great achievement that Liverpool have had under Klopp. You think, you know, it was Klopp that obviously moved him into that that false nine role. And I think of some of those early, you know, real standout performances at you know, probably the one at the Etihad jumps out um in that first season. And yeah, you know, it's so important in in the march to Kiev, the march to Madrid, twenty nineteen, winning the Champions League, you know, winning the Club World Cup. You know, what a moment that was for Firmino scoring the winner against Flamengo in the final. And then again, in terms of ending that 30-year wait for the Premier League title the following season. So, um, yeah, I think I think I was looking back through, actually, when I was writing about Firmino on Friday, trying to find some colourful Klopp quotes on him. And there's no shortage of them, you know, in terms of describing him as the engine of the team. He described him as the heart and soul. He said, you know, if, if this is an orchestra, then Roberto Firmino plays 12 different instruments. And um, just some really love, lovely ways, I think, of summing up just how important he is. And, and he's just, in, I think he is unique. And I think he was right that you probably don't really, won't really appreciate him fully until he's gone because he is just a selfless individual. And, and, and I think everyone loves as well the fact that he's all, everything he's done for Liverpool, he's done with a smile on his face. You know, he is, he is a little bit mad, isn't he? And in, in, in an era when we've come to expect, you know, a lot of footballers are quite the same, really, aren't they? You know, in terms of it, it can be quite samey. And, to, and, then, and then you see this guy from Brazil, who, you know, covered in tattoos, you know, the great story about when he went to get his teeth done in Liverpool and they offered him all the different shades of white and the whitest white wasn't white enough for him. So they, they basically invented a new shade of, of like blinding white. To- like spinal tap 10 and the amp up to 11. The thing is... A smile was 11, and the, but people don't realise how important it is to have characters like that in the dressing room who lift everyone and who are selfless working for the team because there was never a moment when you thought he was playing for himself, was there? Not one moment. No, 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 no. Just, and that's rare, isn't it, to get someone who's so gifted but has also got an incredible work ethic and doesn't seem to have an ego. It's never, ever been about Firmino, has it? It's you know, the number of times when he's... He's created space for other people, created goals for other people when he could have easily, if he was motivated about personal glory, he would have taken other options. And I think, I think that's why, you know, the, for Klopp and his staff and, and the players, that's why they'd be so sad to see him go. And I think, you know, I don't know what everyone else thinks, but I do think it probably is the right time 
I think as much no, as definitely, definitely. as much as Klopp and, I, and Klopp was genuine a hundred percent when he said I really want him to stay because Liverpool did make him a contract extension. It wasn't as if they haven't tried to keep him. But I think when you look at it, you think yeah, this is, this summer's the right time. You know, he's he's thirty one, going on thirty two. The last couple of seasons, his role has changed. He has had um, more injuries. I don't think it would make sense for Liverpool to make him a massive offer to try and get him to stick around and and he must look upon it as well and you know probably today was probably he was probably nodding thinking I've I've done the right thing here when you look at you look at Gagpo and you look at Nunes and you know he, he's been sensational for Liverpool but you know I think this summer is the time to go and and it's nice as well isn't it the fact he is going to go I think it's nice as well we know we all know a couple of months out you know he got an unbelievable reception when he came on against United and he's guaranteed one of them every single time he pulls on a Liverpool shirt between now and the end of May I'll tell you what let's hope that the Firmino farewell tour ends up in Istanbul now maybe that's a bit too much to hope for but but it'll certainly end up putting Liverpool back in the Champions League next year I hope and you know, for me, I think results like this, about more than the actual scoreline, it sends a boost of confidence through the team and it sends a message to the rest of the division. And one of the things I've felt this season, there's been a creeping erosion of Liverpool's sort of the fear factor. People were terrified of playing them, you know, the, the mentality monsters. You never felt you were far enough in front to stop them coming back at you. And this season, that's eroded a little bit. But a result like this sends a message to the rest of the division, doesn't it, Andy? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think you're right. I think Liverpool have carried that aura for a number of years. And, and you're right. I think teams were very, very scared to even try and get on the front foot or give Liverpool a yard because before you know it, the ball would be in the back of the net because of, of you know how effective and efficient Liverpool were. Um, but this season has felt like... Yeah, you're right, it has eroded and teams have felt more confident against Liverpool and you've seen that in, in performances and the way they've set up and in the way they've taken the game to Liverpool and, and that has been probably one of the biggest shocks but a performance like that, you see the, you know, the form, you see the confidence growing as the game went on. You know, each player seemed to get better as the game went on and just just enjoying it more but also you could see themselves, they were like, yeah, this is right, this is you know, this is what we've been working towards. And it, while it's not, you know, it's it's taken a while. This is where we need to be and this is where we want to be. And and that you would hope that that just continues. And yeah, I think it's fair to say, I think Tottenham will be very nervously looking over the shoulders. Newcastle, as you say, they've got a game in hand, but they're already looking up. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a big message to Tottenham, but also to the rest of the league that suddenly Liverpool, the, the perception of Liverpool this season is beginning to change, not just, you know, def- you know not just with, with the attacking, but also the defensively that... Those five clean sheets are, you know, important in in that sense. But also, you're getting players back in form, and and Liverpool are looking, and certainly did tonight, looking like that they're getting back to to the Liverpool we know. Yeah, and given all the miserable podcasts we've had when they've done badly, this feels like a launch pad. This is just gorgeous, isn't it? Can we just stay doing this for the rest of the night? <laughs> yeah, it's nice, isn't it, for us to have this and obviously people listening, you know, are reveling in it as well. And you've got to enjoy that because you don't know how many. I think Klopp said it best, didn't he, recently when, you know, he, he did the digs uh, at the Everton game in front of the cop and he sort of said after, you know, you don't know how many opportunities you get to do that, even though he didn't do it tonight, which is quite funny. But I think the frustration this season watching Liverpool is like Andy sort of went over there. It's because you know this team are capable of producing performances like they did against United. 
And I think that's been their frustration as well. Maybe Klopp's frustration in the team, them about themselves, because they're a team capable of this. And they proved that tonight, which I think just just bodes well. But obviously, you know, you've got to follow that up with a win. We know that. But I think you have to enjoy it, don't you? You have to just, you've said all podcast, Tony, you've got to drink it in and, you know, uh, I think that's what we're doing right now. Yeah, d- days like this, you know, we we keep saying it, don't come along very often. So relish them, enjoy them, because this is brilliant. And this is Liverpool. And this is Walk On, your Liverpool podcast brought to you by The Athletic. Thanks to James, Kiva and Andy, as well as you for joining us too. The celebrations don't have to stop here. Remember to get involved on our Walk On podcast group on Facebook. Just search Walk On Podcast and go from there. We're back on Thursday. And I'll tell you what, well, we'll celebrate a bit, but hard work again starts in the morning because you know what? This season's got a long way to go and there's going to be plenty of fun, both on the pitch and on Walk On, your athletic podcast. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. The Athletic.